Welcome to Therapy and Technology. I'm your host, Jessica Bullock. Thank you for tuning in to this conversation about all things technology and how we integrate it into our counseling profession. Hi, everyone. So while you're listening to this podcast episode, I'm not sure where we are in the world. Maybe we are currently dealing with the pandemic of the COVID-19, or maybe we are further in the future and you have transitioned to a new normal. But wherever you are, I'm wishing you peace and positivity today. And I'm hopeful that everyone will find some clarity in the crisis that we are all facing. However, in the midst of all of this, I was still able to have a great conversation with Ms. Rebecca Resendez. She is a CIAPP and has extensive experience helping all levels of executives in healthcare, academia, financial business sectors, and she helps them to protect personal information entrusted to them. That's the reason why I really wanted her to come on. I wanted her to share with us some tools and tips on how we as healthcare professionals can take that extra step in ensuring that the personal information that is entrusted to us is protected correctly. She is a quick study on what is needed for workflow efficiency improvement in her advanced networking, superhuman research, and problem-solving skills are the keys to her compliance success. She's also a freelance writer and influencer on LinkedIn. And if you want to learn more about her, please, please connect with her on LinkedIn. You will, and I promise you, you will really enjoy her daily entertaining content. And also feel free to visit her boutique privacy consulting business on her webpage, which is www.rebeccaresendez.com. And all of this information are in the show notes, is in the show notes. So Without further ado, please help me welcome Rebecca Resendez. Listen to our conversation, take notes, and I hope you go and really visit her website. She has lots of cool stuff, and uh, she would love to hear from you. Tell her I sent you. Hello. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) Yes, yes. We are living in some crazy times, aren't we? Listen, I was thinking to myself, I was like, what a time to have you on for a conversation. It's, it's pretty scary. We're like, I'm in Canada. So we're having like this breaking news every, every two hours. We have some government official coming on saying daycares are closed, schools are closed, hospitals are opening their doors and new tests and, and everything. It's, it's pretty crazy. Did you see that last um, re- report from the president saying that he is just use whatever means that you want to to talk to clients um, for t- counseling sessions. No, I didn't. I'm going to send you the link I just received. So. Oh, wow. And I have some comments about that because I'm just like, okay, well, is he going to also protect us if someone wants to sue us if their information gets linked? Because now you're telling like a bunch of people that there's possibly non-HIPAA compliant ways for you to transmit comp- inf- like private information, you know? No offense, but I, I hesitate anytime your president opens his mouth. <laughs> he, oh, that's right. He's my president. Not yours. <laughs> he's, not, he's not my president. <laughs> Listen, I'll keep my mouth shut on this because I don't know how many people are going to watch this. I, don't, I, I honestly don't know how many people are eavesdropping on this conversation. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And uh, I just, so thank you because pr- I'm pretty sure you are very busy. Oh, um, no. 
Today is an easy day. I'm, the problem is, is I'm afraid they're going to send my husband home and I'm going to be trapped with my husband in my house in quarantine. <laughs> I, have four I don't know kids. what I'm going to do. I have four kids, one husband. We're all in this house together. So. Oh my goodness. We're all in it together. Yes. But listen, you have a very uh, extensive resume. So I'm going to start off by just having you introduce yourself okay. to the audience. Uh, I want everybody to know that this is a cybersecurity conversation. Okay. And what let, led me to you is the fact that you specialize working with healthcare workers and particularly cl clinicians. And right. um, when I read your bio and look at your website, I was like, wow, I have to, I have, to have a conversation with her. Yeah. So I want you to ex explain a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, perfect. So pretty much I'm a privacy consultant. So my mission really is to humanize privacy and security of personal information. So to make it easy to understand for the everyday person. And that really comes down to starting to get people to start protecting their privacy rights again. We're trained to just give away our privacy rights. That means we click a button and we give it away for free so that we can get an app or we can get a service. And, and we do that to Facebook, we do it to Google, we do it to Apple. And, and that's just how we're trained. But we're also trained that when we go into a doctor's office, we, we entrust them with our personal information and we give them very sensitive data about ourselves. We tell them about very, very uh, personal details about our health and we expect them to take that data and to protect it. But what we're finding out is sometimes they put it on their laptops, they put it on a flash drive, and then they might drive to the golf course and their car gets broken into and their laptop gets stolen and before we know it, it's on the news. Yeah. And maybe they didn't protect it in the way that we thought that they were going to protect it. And what's happening is, is that these doctors and these clinicians, which are really entrepreneurs, they need to hire someone like me. They need to hire a privacy consultant to come in and teach them how to protect their data and how to secure it like a superhero. And mm -hmm. that's, that's sort of what, what evolved my industry. Now, I used to work for hospitals. So a hospital would hire me to come in as an expert and basically stress test their systems and make sure that there's policies and procedures written, make sure that there's a privacy and security framework designed in, uh, to control, um, to make sure that, it, that, uh, that there's uh, like a policy to say that you're supposed to have strong passwords or you're supposed to have encryption on your data and that if you're putting your stuff in a cloud, that the data in that cloud is encrypted and that your staff are trained to recognize a phishing attempt where someone's trying to do ransomware. And if, there, if there's a dirty link in, in your email software, how do you identify it? How do you capture it? How do you take it out of the system? Wow. Um, how do you back up your data? Like hospitals are training their staff how to do that, but what about a doctor's office who mm -hmm. has maybe a thousand patients? How do, they, they don't get that training. So I saw that there was a need and I, I didn't want to work for a big office. I, I felt like I wasn't actually helping the everyday person. So I wanted to quit that job and basically help the everyday doctor, dentist, chiropractor, who basically are, are moms and dads in the communities who want to do a good job. So right. that's basically where I saw an, an opportunity to help these ones who just needed a coach or a mentor to come in and help their staff do just that. Wow. And there's a lot of, so when, I, when I'm hearing you, I'm thinking about all of the psychotherapists who are now jumping onto telehealth and providing a lot of services. And, you know, 
it's, it's, there's quick steps to get set up for telehealth and to be able to do therapy with clients online. But, you know, a lot of therapy, therapy clinicians have not been trained on how to encrypt their laptops and their hard drives and, exactly. you know, the, the cloud. And so we depend on BAAs and, and other people to do that for us. But still in all, people are still holding information on their laptops and, you know, flash drives. And so I, I said, I have to have this conversation with you because, you know, there needs to be some type of um, just some basics that, that people want to know regarding cybersecurity if they're treating patients online. And well, so exactly. And you can you can be the, the best person and you can have a strong password, but yet you still can't guarantee what happens when you put your laptop in your trunk and your car gets stolen. That's right. It, it's your obligation as a clinician, then you have to inform every one of your patients. Now, what if your patients suffer from depression and anxiety and they're already predisposed to paranoia? You now have to tell that patient who's um, gonna be subject to harm and psychological um instability and say now your data and your personal information is is in the hands of a bad guy now as as a person you have to tell them that and they have to you also are obligated ethically to provide them with some form of compensation so that they can um protect their identity theft and sometimes that can cost anywhere from four to five hundred dollars a year for um uh like a third party identity theft uh uh financial like checkup through per client per client if, if if that happens to you right wow exactly but what you could do is if you had that data encrypted well then there's no risk because right. it was it was basically scrambled eggs it was just ones and zeros and they couldn't read the information and you can buy encryption keys for like 150 dollars mm -hmm. so that is a really cost effective solution it just is an extra step you just have to encrypt the files before you leave your office right and so <laughs> There is a solution. So, I, so now when we're talking about like the EHRs, so like the, mm -hmm. the health record companies uh, yeah. for therapists, so it's, it's probably advisable for a therapist to use only those EHRs to store clients' information, not to download them onto their laptops and personal computers, but keep them in that encrypted cloud, correct? Exactly, exactly. Because I know sometimes people like to take notes separately on like a notepad or maybe they like to do shorthand notes. Um, some people get in the habit of using voice recognition and they audio record, and then they wanna do their notes later. Again, those are no-nos because it leaves you vulnerable. Like what happens if on your way home, your purse gets stolen or your car gets stolen or you, you misplace your, even if, even let's say you just drop your, your iPad in a puddle and you lose the data, you're losing, you're losing a session of notes that you can't get back. For sure, for sure. That's so why I'm, I'm really grateful to have this conversation because it's very serious. And I've read a couple of articles where a couple of people were fined lots of, a lot of money for the, you know, the breach of this mm -hmm. private information. Exactly. So, um, move, so moving to this tagline, you mm -hmm. know, you, your tagline is, I help clinicians and entrepreneurs save money. How do you do that? <laughs> well, I know because it's usually that's when I say I want you to pay me. <laughs> so how do I save you money? Well, and pretty much when you think of it, when you have to build a privacy and security management framework from scratch, that costs a lot of money because you, a lot of people think of hiring a consultant. It's usually a lawyer. They come in, they're usually billing you 300 to $500 an hour. Now, if you hire someone um, to come on your team, 
and they have to write your policies and procedures from scratch. They have to um, write training manuals from scratch. They have to do your privacy breach management program from scratch. Um, train your employees from scratch to bring someone on staff that you're going to pay um, as a full-time equivalent employee for an entire year. That's a huge dollar, and not every not every clinician, especially a solopreneur, an independent business owner, can't do that. But when you hire a consultant on retainer, you can maybe pay me a certain amount. I come already with a privacy and security manual. So I have a template that's already created. I customize it to your cl clinic. So right now in Canada, I have this manual. It's only $497. Okay. So it's a 300-page manual that's already created. I just insert your, I do a questionnaire, I find out what your clinic's needs are, and I create this manual template for your, for your clinic. And it has everything that you can think of um, that you can possibly need for your clinic, including a privacy charter, a privacy breach management program. And then you, when you hire me, I'm already well-versed in the business operations as it relates to privacy and security. So it's like having a coach or a mentor that you can just call up and you can say, here's a sticky situation we ran into. Our um, clinic manager, who of course, maybe a clinic manager, you're only paying her $17 an hour. She can't be an expert on HR and an expert on clinic management procedures and, and an expert on privacy and security. But, but let's say the medical office assistant that was hired, she accidentally faxed a lab requisition to a car garage mm -hmm. and it had a blood it had lab results on it and the lab results was somebody ST like sexually transmitted disease and and now we have to call the person the patient and tell them this is what happened how do we handle this breach well they can just call me and then I'll just bill them for, for the, the duration of time I spend with them on the breach so they don't have to pay me as a as someone that they have on retainer for the entire for like you're not hiring you're not having me on as a part-time employee or a full-time employee you're just paying me for the time that you use me so that's a lot cheaper than having someone on full-time absolutely and yeah so i was just saying so that's the benefit of when you hire a consultant you get them ad hoc when you need them and that's a lot more affordable and that saves you time and energy because you're not you're high, you're paying someone's expertise for just the the parts that you need them for yes what i want to say is that that 300 page uh cybersecurity, just like the mm -hmm. entire manual in itself is worth it um yeah. and you come along with that you know for the retainer fee i i i've seen people accidentally breach i can't tell you and i'm not gonna go into any I know. <laughs> i've seen people breach information a lot and well, when i when yeah, I worked yeah. at the health authority, I just fax, faxing is this faxing is still the safest way to transmit data from one port to another port because from one phone number to another phone number. But people, humans are humans, and we still type in the wrong phone number by mistake. Mm -hmm. And at the health authority, we would have two hundred misdirected phone numbers a week <gasps> of privacy breaches, and that was at a health authority of twenty thousand employees. Wow! So that happens in small in a dentist in a chiropractor in imagine a psychologist appointment like in psychology if you're if you have clinic notes a consultation where you have really sensitive information you do not want that going to the wrong place 
especially in a small town where the people might actually know each other. So yeah, you have to be careful. So that small confidentiality clause that most practices put at the bottom of their faxes and their emails in case it gets into the hands of the wrong people, is that, is that enough to cover someone if it does land into the wrong hands? It's a precaution, but it's not enough because what happens is if it causes psychological or financial harm to someone, they can still sue you. Oh, wow. Because you still had, you, it, you still promised when you took on that patient that you would do everything possible to protect that person's information. So what they're going to say is, did you have a policy and procedure written teaching your staff how to send a proper fax? Mm-hmm. So you would have to, you would have to disclose, well, did I have a policy and procedure written on how to send a fax? Did I educate my staff? When was their last training session? Did my staff sign a confidentiality oath saying that they would protect the information within their control? Um, did my fax machine have the proper numbers programmed into it? Um, do my, does, a good thing that uh, clinicians should do is every year their staff should sign the oath of confidentiality every year stating that they will do everything within their power to operate, to, to follow the, the standards of data accuracy. That's really good. And, and because what happens is, is you might have a clinic, ma- you might have a clinic manager or a, 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 a medical office assistant who's been with you for 15 years. Well, you might have a breach and they said, well, the last time I signed that was 10 years ago. Well, that's, that's not really good enough. You want to say no, every year at your performance review, you signed this saying that you were not going to, for instance, snoop. So mm-hmm. sometimes that happens. They might snoop maybe their cousins, uncles, brothers, sisters goes to your clinic and they read something and they put it on Facebook and it came to your attention. A clinic, someone says it showed on Facebook, they wrote, they wrote about the ugly ward on my face and they brought it to your clinic and said, they, they were snooping in my records. They wrote about something they had no business writing about. Now it's your turn to discipline that person. Do you have a policy and procedure in your manual saying, how to write that person up for that type of discipline. Did you even tell them that it was wrong to do it? Right. And I think that this is so important, especially with a lot of people incorporating all of this technology into their practices. This is stuff that, you know, you, when you were using paper, majorly paper, um, and, and probably some telephonic or, I mean, Mm -hmm. um, technology transmitting devices, you probably weren't thinking about, you know, anything emails, but now with all of this added technology, this is more to think about for sure. Even just telling, like even telling, um, so for instance, in hospitals, we have to tell the residents that you can't take a picture of an ugly wound and post it on Facebook Hmm. because the residents think, oh, this is a really cool wound. I want to post it and and I want to put it on social media because I think it's cool. You can't do that without patient consent. Right, right. It's it, it's not you don't have the right to take a picture of it. This isn't this isn't social media fodder. This isn't entertainment. Now, it's one thing if a patient consents, but even then if a patient consents, you better get that consent in writing mm-hmm. and you better have it and it and and even then it should only be for training and education. We shouldn't be doing this for entertainment. Absolutely. Um, especially if the patient is un- unconscious. Yes. And, and these things happen and that's a privacy breach that I've had to investigate. So it's crazy, but, but the problem is 
if there's no policy, your staff can come back to you and say, you never told me. Mm. So you wow. need to have a policy. Staff, that's right. If you're not solo and you have people working yeah. for you. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Oh my gosh. My hands are like getting cold because <laughs> I'm thinking about all of the cyber security stuff. And I'm like, okay. So um, what is the biggest privacy issue that you see clinicians that what they face now, like the biggest privacy issue? The biggest privacy issue right now is, so, so the number one thing is, is people come to you and they entrust their personal information to you. We don't have policies and procedures, well-written policies and procedures saying how we protect that information. Okay. And, and the number one thing that I think we fall short on is when people come to you and they say, I want to talk to your privacy officer. We don't know who that is. So in, in a very small clinic, that is the doctor. So the doctor should say, I am the privacy officer. I can answer any questions you have about privacy. Or it is the clinic manager. And the clinic manager needs to have some basic training about privacy and security. Now, um, that would mean that they should have a coach or a mentor that they can call to get some basic training. Now, do you every, offer? And that is something that I do offer, yes. So to give them coaching and mentoring. Um, but they should have a contact person identified that they can talk to. Okay. That's really good. You know, that's really good. Um, so cyber threats, cyber threats, we hear about them all the time. It's scary. Oh, I hate saying the word. It feels like Halloween just hit me. Um, I know, I <laughs> know. scary phrase, but and so now I'm thinking about psychotherapists in particular. I'm, I'm thinking, what can we do to, to safeguard ourselves from, cyber threat potential like what are like the, the first step is educating yourself so there are a lot of free resources out there um normally you have to have a bit of a budget towards your cybersecurity. so the first budget might be just some time so buy out some time to educate yourself you can google what is ransomware how do i identify ransomware links you can do little um free webinars on what is phishing so your national security um, websites will have information on what is cyber awareness. Um, you need to understand that if you have data, you need to protect it with a strong password. So you have to find out how to do a strong password. It's usually long and complicated. and has special characters in it. You need to understand what social engineering is. That's where they try to trick you. It's where you get that it's where you get that email from a Nigerian prince who says he knows you and loves you and he wants you to send money. And mm. click this link and give me your password. Don't don't fall for that. The, he doesn't exist. He doesn't love you. He just wants to. <laughs> so so it's and that's social engineering, and we have to understand when when we get these links. If it's too good to be true, or the link is full of gibberish, it's it's a false link. And they're getting better because they, what they'll do is they'll even look like bank transfers. They'll even say they're from a CEO. Um, we have to just avoid those links because once they infiltrate our system, they can steal our data or our patient files, and then they're going to want ransom in exchange. They're going to want you to pay for Bitcoin. They're going to want you to pay in, in some type of currency to get your data back. And that's the worst thing that you want, you want to avoid. But all of this stuff is we have the internet and the internet is free. You can go on there and you can educate yourself on how to avoid these attacks. What do you think about the app LastPass? LastPass, I use it on everything. So it's, that is a very reputable um, app. It's what most, so what happens is my specialty is a privacy. 
when I need to bring someone in in a larger clinic, I bring in a cybersecurity expert. And what they do, most of my friends who are cybersecurity experts all use LastPass. And that is, and I use it on all of my, my, personal, my personal products because I need a really strong password and it will give you 16 digits and it's a good password management. And, and I don't have an affiliation with it. I don't get any money from them, but I still use them. <laughs> right. Thank you for that. I'm going to definitely implement that. I was, I was already thinking about implementing that. I was, um, so I'm part of a smaller group on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, we're called Therapy and Technology. And basically we talk about everything technology that can impact our therapeutic pra practices. Okay. And so um, one of the things that I share with the group is that I was the victim of a cyber attack and so oh, wow. took all this money from my account my business account and right. um, i i think i did it through like a free starbucks card or something and that, okay. now i'm thinking what you said is like if it's too good to be true and so LastPass produces so many different um passwords i wouldn't think of yep. and then i have to keep them in mind so that was one of the best pieces of, of advice i've been given for technology to protect yes. it and ransomware is something someone should 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 download on all of their devices, correct? Um, well, no, ransomware is what someone uses to attack you. Oh, so you, oh, don't, okay. you don't want to download ransomware. Ransomware is what someone uses to attack you. It, it's, the, okay. it's the activity where they take, they infiltrate your account and then they, they want ransom or they're, gonna, they're going to ask for money in exchange for your data back. So ransomware is bad. So the best, the best uh, security to download is, uh, uh, I think it's Avera. Is that a good one? That, that is a good one. Uh, the, best, the best form of security is educating yourself on how to identify, um, it's called email phishing. When people send you email links that are bad. So educate, educate you can just Google what is ransomware what is phishing? What is social engineering? Those okay. are all different ways that people try to trick you into clicking a, a link that's going to infiltrate uh, a virus into your account and going to try to extract data from you. So I'm definitely going to study those things. Thanks for sharing yeah, that. No worries. What type of resources? So what does Rebecca provide? What, what, does you, what do you and your company provide? Well, I provide um, basic privacy consulting, so privacy and security reviews for entrepreneurs and small business owners. It's essentially a quick health checkup to see what areas you need improvement in. And then I can do everything from the ground up. I can help you build that privacy and security framework. I can help you build a privacy breach management uh, program. I can help you with basic training of your staff if you have employees that need to know education. Um, I'm good at just being that mentor or that coach if you need someone to just on a retainer. So what's most popular is people will buy like a five hour block of services and then they'll just call me on ad hoc. And I also sell my template. So if you need the manual, I can sell that. If you need an encryption key, I can sell that. Um, so it's really, my specialty is really getting to know the entrepreneurs, finding out what their needs are, and then I customize a package made designed just for them. Oh, that's perfect. And mm -hmm. then again, can you explain to us what the encryption, encryption key is? What, the, encryp what? the encryption key, it's a hard, it looks like a flash drive. So what it is, is you plug it into your computer and then you click and drag your files into it that you want encrypted. And you're the only one that holds the, the, the key to unlock it. So it's like scrambling your files. They still stay on your laptop or you can put them in your cloud. 
but you're the only one that holds the key. So you only get two keys and then you're the one that can unlock it. So it's, it's like a poor man's way of having FBI encryption at your fingertips. That is phenomenal. I know. And it's, it's only like 120 bucks. It's super cheap, but you, but you hold the keys. So all it is, is it, it scrambles it so that it's, it's not tempting for a bad guy to want to have your data because it's, it's useless information to him. So we could, we can directly purchase that from you. Yes, you can. Okay. That's perfect. Cause I'm gonna be talking to you after this and <laughs> get some resources and, and services. So how can somebody get in contact with you, Rebecca? Um, the easiest way is through my website. So it's www.rebeccaresendes.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a LinkedIn influencer there. I post I daily you. content. Yep. So I'm always trying to entertain you and give you some interesting information there. Um, so, uh, and I'm still accepting followers. So I think I'm around 8,500. Um, I think you max out at 30,000. So there's lots of room to join my tribe. So okay. please connect with me. For sure. I, I am, um, I love your LinkedIn posts. I think they're so quirky. I love the <laughs> Um, so I, I guess that's how I found you because you are. A LinkedIn. Oh, um, thank you. Listen, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. And, um, I'm going to be posting this into our private Facebook group, but also on okay. YouTube. And I'll be downloading the podcast so people who are on my podcast can listen to this episode. And um, again, I want to thank you for your time. I'll be uploading your bio. So you might have a little bit of your Rebecca Resinda spirit uh, sprinkled oh, wonderful. Places. And I'm going to urge everyone to please follow you on LinkedIn because you have some great content. And um, thank you so much for your time again. I can't, I appreciate it. Oh, this was awesome. I appreciate you too, Jessica. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a good day. All right, you too. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Therapy and Technology. Until next time, rate, subscribe, share with a friend, and I hope you try something new today.